So today I'm super excited to have Farzad Rashidi on the show. Farzad is the lead innovator at Respana. Respana is the all-in-one digital PR and link building software, which combines personalization with productivity. Farzad was also the first marketing hire at Vizme, where he helped the company gain over 12 million users. Since then, he's been helping other companies achieve similar successes via Respana. Farzad, it's great to have you on the show today. I'm really excited to dig deep into SEO. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on the show, Gavin. It's a pleasure. So as I mentioned in the intro, you're the, the lead innovator at Responder. Could you describe for listeners just what Responder does and maybe talk about what your role as lead innovator entails? <laughs> sure thing, Gavin. So Responder is an all-in-one link building software. So if you run a uh, online business and you're looking to get some organic traffic from Google, uh, aside from some of the on-page factors, like obviously having quality content on your website and having your proper keyword research and all that good stuff, the key factor is really going to promote or basically unite Google positioning you as an authoritative resource is the backlinks uh, that other websites in your space that are basically talking about you and mentioning you and referencing you plays a very important role in your search ranking. So Respond is a platform that basically brings the whole flow of researching the right websites to reach out to and building relationships with the right people at those websites uh, under one roof and automates a lot of the dirty, mundane tasks to sort of help you focus more on personalization. So I'm just keen to understand your, obviously, your involvement at Vizme. I know you helped the company gain over 12 million users. Is there anything that you could like, like nail in the head is, is, the, is the one thing that led to that sort of growth at Vizme? Or was it a series of tactics that you adopted? Like, how would you attribute that sort of growth? Sure thing. So just to kind of give a little background for context for listeners who are, who are not quite familiar with any of our brands. So I joined, I started my career in marketing as the first marketing hire at a company called Vizme. And uh, Gavin, I'm sure you've heard of Vizme before. Okay, great. And for folks who haven't heard of us, it's a all-in-one visual content creation tool. Now, we were completely bootstrap, never raised any outside funding. And my job <laughs> was to figure out was at the time we were still in beta and we had a bunch of engineers. So they're like, okay, Farza, now you go sell this thing. <laughs> I was like, okay. So we got this tool that works very well and was solid, but problem was brand awareness because there's like three main channels normally businesses, especially in the software business, that they pursue when it comes to acquiring customers. One is cold outreach for sales. So you basically just go and contact and go door to door and start selling these license, uh, licenses. But the problem was with our product price point, we're, I think we started like $14 a month or something in the beginning. It didn't make any economic sense to go in and do cold outreach. And so that was sort of something that was not really an option because it wouldn't make any economic sense. Obviously, we did that for beta testers and stuff at the very beginning, but it wasn't a scalable channel for us. Second is paid advertising. So Google, Facebook, et cetera. And, and, and we obviously invest a little bit, but the problem is these ad platforms use a bidding system. So the cost per clicks are skyrocketing over time. I'm, I'm no person uh, in this call, Gavin, to talk about social ads. You're, you're an expert in the field uh, coming from Sendable. But uh, as you know, it, when you, for example, double your budget, it doesn't mean you're going to get double the conversion. So the, the margin of ROI is diminishing. So it becomes very quite difficult, especially after COVID days and now everybody's online. So at the time, we also didn't have the cash to pour into paid ads because we're a bootstrap company. And paid advertising is like a cash gulping black hole. <laughs> and, uh, and it's quite hard to compete in that sense with the big boys and girls. And what we had to do at the, at the very beginning was to try to figure out a customer acquisition channel that we could relatively easily scale and use as a competitive advantage and so not be able to easily get knocked out of the market. So let's go through an exercise. So let's say you want to create an infographic tomorrow 
All right. And you don't have a software already. What's the first thing you do, Gavin, to find a software or a solution? Not to Google. Yeah. Exactly. So, and same goes for social media. Like if I want to manage my social media, the first thing I do is that I go and look, all right, what are some of the best social media tools? And, and I go read a few, read about a few and, and come across Sendable and sign up. So the, the process of identifying these keywords was quite easy for us because we already knew that where our customers were hanging out, right? So we knew that SEO was going to be a big driver of our traffic. And there's a lot of material out there like, okay, if you want to get SEO traffic, great. Go do some keyword research on Ahrefs or SEMrush, which are popular SEO tools. So you know what keywords to target. Great. Now let's go write a bunch of blog posts, build a bunch of landing pages. And we did all that. And and we put it on our website. We were like, great. Now we just wait for all the customers to queue up at the door and start signing up for our platform. Like, there's no tomorrow. We're all going to be rich and famous, and we're going to be on a yacht. And guess what happened? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> crickets. crickets. <laughs> it's absolutely crickets. Because they're like, okay, well, we spent all this time and energy building all this fancy website that's responsive, that loads fast, really good quality content on here that we spent all this time creating with designers, writers. And we're like, okay, well, let's see what we're doing wrong here. So if you go on Google right now, Gavin, just in a, open a new incognito browser and just look up one of our keywords, which is presentation software. Look it up. And you see how Google gives you the number of search results or number of web pages at the very top right below the search bar? How many web pages contain the word presentation software? Give me the number. Yeah. What is that? I don't know. Three point four billion or something. Crazy. Three four billion search results. Would it be? It looks like it. Yeah, it's huge. Okay. All right. So let's say we're like, okay. Well, let's go back to the drawing board here. Let's let's take a step back. Let's say you create a content that's in the ninety ninth percentile. So let's say you create a content that's in the top one percent in your niche. You're still going to be at, if there's three and a half billion web pages, you're still going to be in the hundreds of thousands, right? So if you're Google as a search engine, how do you go about prioritizing these? Because they're all good, <laughs> right? In the top 1% hard to nickel and dime over little metrics. So that, what, what they came up with, and that's sort of how Google beat other search en- uh, engines back in the late 90s, was by an algorithm called PageRank, which is the core of Google, where basically they put emphasis on certain web pages based on the incoming backlinks from other relevant authoritative uh, websites in their space. And over the years, have gotten very smart at picking those up, see what's natural and whatnot. And now things are interesting, aren't they? Because if you are a webmaster or if you're a site owner, now it's no longer only solely under your control <laughs> to do what it takes to get into search results. So you can't go and just stuff keywords in your web page. Now you got to convince other people to link back to you and, and actually talk about you, which is extremely difficult. Hence why it's been a ranking factor or one of the most important ranking factors in the past 20 some years and never changed. So we were like, okay, great. We know we need some backlinks to get some organic traffic. We're like, that's awesome. We know that information. So how in the world are we now going to go and start tracking backlinks from other websites? And it's, and, and that triggered the whole journey of us trying to experiment with different strategies, what works, what didn't work, what type of collaborations we could do with other websites. And that process was extremely difficult to scale because obviously we had to build relationships with these websites. We had to do manual research. And we tried every tool that was under the sun. There were either mass email tools that were sort of like blasting emails to all the websites. I'm sure you get these every day, especially in your sendable days. Hey, I want to publish a guest on your site, right? And what do you do with those? Delete, <laughs> normally. Delete or spam. Mark is spam. That's what I do. That's right. Or there were CRM tools. But then the problem with CRMs is that they don't 
find backlinks. It's just for keeping track of your existing relationships. I'm like, what if I don't have any existing relationships? What am I going to keep track of? So we basically built this, we duct taped together this tool in-house with one of our engineers. And we're like, okay, we know we're using six or seven tools to do this process. Why don't we create a process around it and just build some minor automation to kind of put this process under one roof so that one person can go from start to finish? And it just worked ridiculously well. And even though it was like not a very robust tool. And so we were like, okay, if other people if it can help us, I'm sure it can, it can help a ton of other online businesses. So we decided to release it as a standalone product. And that's sort of how Respondo was born as a separate product out of Vizme a few years ago. Cool. So I'm keen to go into your, your process as well shortly. Obviously, we, we have, we've had a few founders listening, uh, early stage entrepreneurs. How would you, obviously, I know SEO takes time. To actually bear fruit, you know, you, you you put your your content out there, do your link building, whatever it is, but it takes time to actually see results. How do you know as a founder that um, SEO is the right acquisition channel for you? Absolutely. So there's a a funny SEO meme that says that all SEOs answer all questions by saying it depends. Man, I'm going to use that card here today. You know, Gavin, there is no right answer. So if your business, for example, I sell like super expensive enterprise software or uh, or I run a medical device company that each one costs fifty thousand dollars. It's very unlikely that your customers are are googling for these type of products. So you got to go hire salespeople, go door to door, start selling. So don't even waste your time doing SEO, thinking about SEO, or even looking at it. Right? Go ahead and start start selling, and then once you can't sell anymore, go hire other salespeople who can sell for you. Right? Or on the other hand, if you run for or for example, you sell T-shirts and like hoodies. Again, very unlikely that people are Googling to come across your products. So go start buying some ads, you know, sign up for Sendable, start posting some funny content and, and people would come find you and, and start, you know, building a brand that way. But if you're a type of business that people are actively aware of their problem that they're trying to solve. OK, for example, Sendable is a prime example. It's a social media management tool. Everybody in their grandmother's basement who start a mom and pop store needs to get on social media. So. How do they go and find your software? They go and start Googling, right? And that's the most important marketing channel ever. So you not paying attention to SEO is leaving a lot of opportunity on the table. So as a founder, it is quite clear from day one if, if SEO is going to be a reliable channel. And the way you can figure that out is by just taking a look at your user journey and understand, okay, are people aware of this problem? Yes, they are. Okay, where are they hanging out? Where are they asking these questions? Google. Okay. Put two and two together, buddy. It's not rocket science. You got to get your website out there. <laughs> yeah. So if you, if you have a brand new site, like I have with, with, with my new business story prompt, like how long does it take to see some results? So if I start, if I start adopting an SEO strategy tomorrow, right. how long will it take me to start seeing results? Is it like three months, six months, a year? Okay. What's the average you should expect to see some, some traction from SEO? I'm going to answer that question with another question. Let's say I send out, I sign up for Sendable as a social media management tool. How long does it take for me to get results? How do you answer that question? Well, straight away, pretty much. Probably in, probably in the first couple of days. Probably in the first couple of days, you'd, you'd save time, right? So you, you, would, you would see results, yeah. Right, you save time. That's right. So that's quite clear. But in terms of results, it uh, depends on what industry you're in. How much resources are you putting in? How smart you are? Have you done this before? Do you know the game? And also in terms of allocation of resources. Uh, so what are you allocating those resources into? So SEO could happen pretty quite rapidly if you're in an industry that is not a whole lot of competition and, and you're in a small niche and there's some certain level of uh, keyword volume that is for some 
reason is underserved by other websites. And for example, I one niche I found is quite impressive is plants. Like apparently nobody in the plant business knows how to do SEO. So like if you go and put on a web page, it gets picked up tomorrow. <laughs> so if you guys are looking for affiliate software or something or affiliate marketing idea, there you go. But if you're in, for example, in the link building space, which is in the space that we are in, you are competing with the grandfathers of SEO, people who have built SEO, the SEO industry from the ground up, like Rand Fishkin and Moz and Ahrefs and SEMrush. And now if you go on Google, Gavin, for example, link building software, see what pops up in the Google organic search results. Please do. <laughs> link building software. So this is the type of business that we're competing with now. So okay. what, what I'm trying to say, how long SEO takes to bear fruit is a wrong question to ask in the first place. Mm-hmm. You need to first understand, okay, what are the keywords that I'm trying to target? What is the average traffic for each one of these keywords? What would be, if I were to potentially rank on this, what would be the average conversion rate on those pages? And you put two and two together, you understand exactly what the ROI of these web pages are. And for each one of these web pages, it's what we call the bottom of the funnel landing page or a sales page or a money page, however you want to call it. You need to create a silo of content. You need to produce a certain number of content. You need to spend a, a certain amount of time in link building and promotion. And then you create the cost and benefit analysis. And if the benefit outweighs the cost, you got to do it, however long it takes. If it doesn't, then you shouldn't do it from day one. So it's a very clear-cut answer you need to get from the get-go. And the amount of time it's going to take depends on how smart you are, right? If you're Elon Musk and you run Tesla and SpaceX, it's a very different game plan and then if you're me right so the amount of resources you have at hand how smart you are and how well you know the industry and how well you're aware of these tactics and seo in general and that basically determines how long it's going to take for traffic to start trickling in okay so so let's say i'm trying to sell software now so video testimonial software is a keyword i'm trying to go after Uh uh, with a new product could you could you walk me through your process yeah say you have the keyword video testimonial software what process do you use to discover the right keywords and how do you spot the opportunities? Absolutely. So first of all, your parent keyword is not video testimonial software. Your parent keyword is video testimonial. Okay. That's the parent keyword. Video video testimonial software is a, is one of those keywords, long-term variation, that keyword that you want to target. So let's go through an example. That's actually a great example. Let's, let's go and take uh, story prompts as an example. So one of the first things I would do, uh, first of all, are you using Ahrefs or SEMrush, any of these SEO tools? We used to use Ahrefs at Sendable. Yeah, I haven't used okay. it with the new product yet. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, that's fair. Well, for so you're rich and famous, Gavin. So you don't you don't need to worry about the cost of the subscription for these SEO tools. But for folks who are listening who are just starting out, they want to ditch out ninety nine bucks for Ahrefs or SEMrush, any of these SEO tools. Uh, there are some alternatives out there, like Uber Suggest. It's a lot more affordable. I recommend that. Or gosh, there's a bunch of other ones that that just slip in my mind. But Uber Suggest would be a good alternative if you're you know bootstrap founder. One person team, you're just getting started. Don't go pay for all these fancy tools. Respond included, by the way, right? Try to, you can do pretty much everything manually. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. when you hit a point that it's hard to scale and you're looking to save time and stuff, then yes, absolutely go ahead. Same goes for Sendable, right? You don't want to, any mom pop store that stops, you don't want to sign up for Sendable straight away. Start posting some things manually and over time, you can start automating schedule and things. Okay, so we know our target keyword is video testimonials. Now, one of the first things I recommend you to do is to pull up Ahrefs or whatever SEO tool that you're using. You can pop in that keyword and it's going to give you a gazillion search suggestions. So basically, it's just going to look through 
Google and other search engines and pull up, okay, here are the keywords that people are actively searching and also give you some metrics. So what is the average monthly clicks that each one of these keywords get? What is the average cost per click normally for paid advertisers on average, how much they're paying for that keyword? And also how competitive it is to get rankings. And, and it's a metric called keyword difficulty. So if it's like dominated by Google and HubSpot and Moz, probably we're not going to have a chance to get up there. Uh, so what we want to do is to basically create some sort of formula that helps us prioritize keywords based on three things. One, get the highest amount of traffic possible. Two, have the highest commercial intent, not just traffic, but now we're talking commercial intent. and also the lowest amount of competition. So the middle ground where these circles overlap is what I call the opportunity keywords. And you can just build, plug it into a very simple formula that you, I used to call the Farzot score. And our team was like, no, <laughs> that's too tacky. So we landed on the opportunity score. So basically, you just grab the number of clicks that for each one of these keywords, multiply it by in a little spreadsheet. You don't need any fancy tools for that. You can just do it on the Google Street. So extract the keyword ideas, put, on it, put it through this formula. Number of clicks multiplied by one over keyword difficulty, right? Because that's a reverse metric. You want to prioritize the keywords that have the lowest competition. Multiply it by one plus CPC or the cost per click for that keyword. Now, it's going to give you a very arbitrary number. That number, when you sort it as descending for each one of your parent keywords, it's going to give you a framework and rule of thumb that enables you to basically be able to prioritize these keywords and know where to start. Because there's going to be a gazillion of them. Now you're going to have a sorted list that you can tackle one by one. And one step I forgot is that normally if you're just starting out with the keyword difficulty metric, normally these tools like Ahrefs give you a score from one to a hundred or zero to a hundred. Zero is like super easy to rank for and a hundred is like almost impossible to rank for. So you want to, as a rule of thumb, not to go after keywords that have the keyword difficulty of higher than your domain rating. Right. So if your domain authority of your website, domain rating of your website is like 40 out of 100, then go after keywords that have a keyword difficulty of 40. Is that scientific? Absolutely not. I came up with it and I stick with it. It's a good rule of thumb. <laughs> right. Just basically telling you don't shoot for the stars from the get go. Okay. Play with your league. Go take it step by step. As your domain rating goes up, then you can start going after some of the more competitive keywords. All right. So let's say we did all that. We have a list of keywords. Now we need to understand what's the user intent for each one of these. So some of these keywords, for example, what is video testimonial? Okay. How do we know what the user intent is? Just open a new incognito window. Just Google it <laughs> and just see what type of services pop up. Because Google's running millions of these A-B tests every day, and they already know exactly what people are looking for. So what is the video testimonial? It's likely going to be a blog post that's going to explain what is a video testimonial? How do you make a video testimonial? Whatever questions they answer. And you can take a look at also people also ask. That's also a really good way to help build that outline. So what's the content type for that? Blog post. Informational blog post. It's very at the top of the one in the, in, in the awareness stage. Sometimes people are looking at video testimonial templates. So that's in the consideration stage in the middle of the funnel. What are they looking for? Probably a list of templates or a list of scripts. I don't know whatever they're looking for. So you can go through understand what's, type, what's the content type on that page, and, right, and now you have a framework. Or at the very bottom of the funnel, they're looking at video testimonial software. So that's a sales landing page. Because if I'm looking at video testimonial software, I'm either looking at listicles or I'm looking at sales pages. I'm looking to actually try to find a tool that I actually want to use. I don't want to read about the history of video testimonials, right? So the user intent is quite clear, and you create a corresponding page or Type based on that user intent, right? So if they're 
looking for blog posts, give them a blog post. Don't go out and try to get too creative when it comes to user intent. Okay. Got to keep your head down. Now, next is when you get creative. And that's when you put together an outline, you know your target keyword, you know the content type you need to create, and you know the questions you need to answer. Now, then start writing from the heart. Let that nerdiness stay at the door. And, and that's when we stop research when it comes to SEO. Start for writing content catered to the user. All right. Don't try to stuff too many keywords. Don't have a minimum word count. Don't, doesn't matter in what. Just all you want to care about at that point is just UX, your, your user experience. What When people land on this page, what are you trying to do? Okay, how can I get it done as quickly as possible? And then once we have those pages done, then great, congratulations. You're done with 50% of the work, which is going to be what we call the on-page SEO, right? And now when you put down your website, it's going to be crickets. And that's sort of when <laughs> Responder comes into play. But we could, I'm going to pause here really quick because I feel like that was a very long answer to your question. Oh, that's really good. Okay, so if you've got the content now, you said don't, don't worry about keywords just yet. I mean, if you were to really focus on SEO, you, you obviously have to think about keywords and keyword density and length of the post. When does that come into play or do you not even worry about that at all? So the yeah. b- beginning, you start with keyword research. That's all you're going to care about the beginning. What are some of the keywords we're going to after? How do we prioritize it? You pick certain keywords, find the user intent, build an outline. Based on that, you build a page. Now, yeah, obviously you want to include internal links in there. We don't care about keyword density at, at our company. There is no requirement for word count. Um it's always in terms of uh, competitiveness. So we take a look at some of the competing pages on, on Google and understand what we need to do to be better. If it's uh, a matter of adding more interactivity, if it's a matter of uh, making things more brief, cutting the fluff, or elaborating more. A- anything that helps, and in, in in, it's quite a subjective thing, to basically uh, us trying to create something that's better than what's already out there. And that's rarely ever the case of keyword density or, or whatever nerdiness that goes into that content creation aspect. And that's where we normally leave it as. So can you show your process then for that for outreach? And how do you go about getting backlinks? <laughs> okay, great, Gavin. All right, you're asking the right question. So the, the question is, okay, we did all of our work. Now, how in the world we're going to actually go convince people to start linking back to this, right? So the, the link building as a term is just meaning building relationships with other people. And that there's a ton of different strategies you can go out and play with. So uh, by the way, one thing I forgot to mention, if folks are actually looking to uh, learn a little more in terms of step-by-step of that keyword research process, if you didn't catch the formula I gave you or whatever, you need to learn more about how you write content. I've written a free ebook. You guys can download it. Just go Google VisMe Marketing Strategy and it's free. It's open. Go download it. It's 160 pages. I apologize. I tend to blabber a lot, but hey, it's at least comprehensive. And also there's a ton of screenshots in there. But anyway, going back to your question in terms of link building strategies, there's a gazillion of them out there. We actually have an outreach strategy hub on the Respondent website that's ungated. It's free. You can also go take a look at that. Go to respondent.com at the very bottom of the page. There is an outreach strategy hub that will give you step-by-step instructions, recipes, in terms of tactics you can use to promote your content, yourself, your blog. Now let's talk about link building strategies. Let me give you some examples. All right. Number one tactic. I'm doing it right now, Gavin, as we speak. It's called the podcast appearance strategy. <laughs> Did you even know I'm building links right now? I'm building a link from your website and you don't even know it. So one of the first things our team does, and especially for entrepreneurs that are getting started, you normally have an interesting story. Like Gavin yourself, and you know, hey, you started a SaaS company, you grew it widely successful, you sold it. 
That's a very valuable lesson for a lot of entrepreneurs to listen to. Heck, I want to listen to that story. That's what I was talking to you at the beginning. I was like, hey, man, what are you doing here? You should be on a yacht right now. Why are you doing these episodes? <laughs> We're doing a new podcast from ground zero. <laughs> so I want to hear that story. So let me tell you how you're going to get it. I go on three or four podcasts. Well, actually, this week's been four. Normally, it's about two to three a week, every week. And now, how do I do it? And I'm on a podcast tour right now. It's very simple. First of all, I don't do it. I've delegated. One of my team members, our marketing team, who, Dylan, who reached out to you, actually, you got an email from him. What he does, he fires up Respana. And if you're not using Respana, uh, you can do this yourself. You can go on iTunes. And he, uh, Respana basically finds these podcast episodes that have interviewed someone in our space. So that automatically tells you something. So if someone, if a podcast have interviewed someone in your space, one, it means that they accept guests because not all podcasts do. So unscalable podcasts, accept guests, check. Two, they're relevant to your space, right? I'm not going to go on a cooking show because I can barely scramble eggs, right? So <laughs> for me to speak to an audience that and keep relevancy, I need to understand what their audience is looking for. And, and, and having a guest that's in our space on our show is a clear indication. And last but not least, it also makes our life easier when it comes to pitching because then I can just say, hey, Gavin, came across an interview with John and love the fact that you guys talked about XYZ. And I can tailor the rest of the pitch to and use that episode as a hook to imply to the host that, hey, I'm not just, you know, blasting this email to every podcast. I see I actually have done my research, right? And reaching out to you because I think there will be a valuable episode that we can create together. So then Respond will help you find the contacts. If you're not using Respond, you can just go and, and do some Googling and find it. It's not that difficult to find Gavin's email. And you go ahead and write up a pitch and Respond, you know, again, helps you write that pitch and create follow-up emails and stuff and still do that using your good old Gmail, right? And, uh, and start reaching out to some podcasts, go on as a guest. Now, what happens is, first of all, you're hitting two words once done. One, you are getting awareness. You're getting some brand awareness. And building, establishing credibility and trust to a niche audience for free. And two, what you're doing is, Gavin, you're likely going to create a little page for this episode, right? Repurpose some of the content. And guess what you're going to link to in the show notes? To Respana, right? Because guess what? People will actually land on our page want to learn about Respana. So you want to put a link in there. Or to our outreach strategy help, one of our educational pieces. So there you go. I just got a link from your website and I got free advertising to your audience. Pretty cool, isn't it? That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that that's one out of a gazillion different strategies. Yeah, I'm keen to hear about actual like, actual blog posts. Like if you have a blog post or a piece of content, mm -hmm. how can you get that to rank then through outreach? That's a great question. So we have a three-step process when it comes to our blog post content promotion. And that three-step summarizing, step one is a mutually beneficial collaboration. So it's kind of a transactional collaboration that starts the conversation. That leads to step two, a content collaboration, which is normally a form of guest posts on a website that doesn't accept guest posts. <laughs> and last but not least is a partnership, which are our brothers and sisters that we collaborate with on a regular. And at every stage of our outreach, we push these people down this funnel. So let me give you an example. Okay. So let's say we created a content piece on what is a video testimonial. Okay. Or what are the best or how do I create a video testimonial? That's probably a better keyword because people are what is a video testimonial is quite clear. Yeah, it's quite clear. So how do I create a video testimonial? So we went ahead. We understand the user intent. Okay, we know that it's a education. Okay, great. So we went ahead and build a blog post. Now, how in the world are we going to actually go in and, and, and build some backlinks to it? So step one is a collaboration with another website. 
And that normally we use a variety of different strategies for that. One is using a competitor backlink strategy where you can look up that keyword in the top 10 search results. So if you're using tools like Ahrefs, SEM, which you can plug into Respondent and Respondent does that for you, or, or if you're doing it manually, you can do that as well. Where you're trying to understand, okay, what are some of the blog articles that have linked back to competing pieces of articles that are already ranking the search results? So reverse engineering those backlinks, you can extract them and pour into a tool like Respondo is normally step one, is that you basically already know what are some of the links that are already helping these content pieces get rankings. And if you have really, truly created something better, then you have a chance to actually reach out to these guys and collaborate with them. That's mutually beneficial. All right. So I'm going to get to the pitch here in a second. And number two is finding another strategy is anchor tech strategy, for example. Again, we use a variety of them. I'm just cherry picking some just to keep things simple for today. One is an anchor text strategy. So what that means is I'm trying to find using Google Advanced Operators and responding to pop it in, or you can just Google it yourself, where you're trying to find mentions of video testimonial as part of, like, for example, what are some of the best marketing tactics in 2022? And they mentioned the list of a bunch of different tactics and video testimonials. So the focal point of that article isn't about video testimonial, but I've mentioned as one, one marketing strategy. So this makes it a great place for us to pitch to include our link. So I can reach out to whoever is the editor, be like, hey, Gavin, and I'll come across your post on cleverly about um, you know, marketing strategies in 2022. And notice you guys mentioned video testimonial here as part of the strategy. Obviously, since the focal point of the article is something different, you didn't dive deep. Our team just put together a really comprehensive guide on how to create video testimonials. And I happen to be writing an, um, a guest post on the HubSpot blog and would love to reference your other article about influencer marketing uh, if you were kind to give us a mention here, okay? So I'm hitting a few things, and and, and I'm going to dissect that pitch later. But basically, it starts out as a transactional, hey, I do this for you, you scratch my back, you scratch away. Or, for example, another strategy is just a listicle strategy. You come across blog articles that are talking about what are the best video testimonial tools. And you go ahead and pitch your product. You're like, hey, I'd love to get you a lifetime access to or one-year-long access to story prompt if you were kind to give us a mention here or something like that. Affiliate program. Yada, yada, yada. But all of those come down to a transactional link exchange where basically you're, you're saying, hey, you do this for me. I did this for you. Success rate, 5%. So out of 100% websites you were chat to, 5% of them say yes. Everybody's happy. You get a result. That's great. But since the response rates are, or success rates are relatively low, again, this averaging 5% success rate is actually pretty damn good if you know what you're doing. But you want to nurture those relationships, actually build meaningful relationships, not just a transactional thing. So next thing we do, let's say I'm getting a, a backlink from story prompt. Like, by the way, Gavin, so what our team does, they run that domain that we just collaborated with through Ahrefs or whatever tool that you guys are using for SEO. There's a feature called Content Gap that gives you a list of keywords that their competitors are ranking for, but they aren't. So I say, hey, thank you so much for referencing our article, uh, Gavin. I appreciate it. I went ahead and published my guest post and, and I've actually referenced your article. Here's the link. And by the way, I was looking around on Ahrefs and noticed uh, both Video Ask and XYZ product are both ranking for the keyword like customer retention and send you a little screenshot. And I noticed you guys don't have a content piece. I, have, I happen to have a marketer on our team who focuses on customer retention. would love to contribute an article to your website covering that for you. No strings attached. If you didn't like it, you don't have to publish it. What would you say? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, what would you say to that? 
I'll say yeah, definitely. <laughs> 80 to 90% say yes. Yeah. Perfect. Now we've got a guest post. Now, that is not the end of it. Tricky part comes to the third step, which is building partnerships. Now, when we have collaborated with a website, so Gavin, you've already linked to a website from your article. You also published a guest list from us. You love us, clearly. <laughs> All right, we broke bread together. We're buddies now. Now, what this tells me is that, okay, hey, Gavin, are you also publishing and contributing to other websites? And most of the time, if they've collaborated with you and gotten to that point, the answer is yes. Like, hey, why don't we partner up together anytime you're contributing articles to other websites, if it makes sense to reference our articles, right? And that's obviously given that we have quality on the course on our website. You reference it, and just to keep things fair and square, we do the same for you. So we put, put together a little sheet together, and then you reference your articles as we as you come across them, and, and we reference yours on a monthly basis. And we publish two to three of these guest posts every week. And over time, you're going to end up with a dozen of these partners, like 12 of them. And half of them are going to be inactive or not going to reciprocate. No good. Cut them out. Over time, you're going to end up with a list of five or six really good partners that are very responsive, that are very respectful, that reciprocate things, and they're in your niche to contribute to actual relevant blogging or space. Now, here's what happens next time you publish a guest post. Not only are you including or getting linked to, to your own website, but you're also referencing five or six other partners in that guest post. Now, over time, that creates a ripple effect that's indirectly contributing five or six different backlinks to your website from five or six different domains. And it creates a machine that you feed it at the top with cold outreach, and then you nurture those relationships over time. And that's pretty much it. That's pretty awesome. I love it. As a busy founder, like most of our listeners who are founders, just don't have budget uh, to hire an SEO specialist mm-hmm. and don't have the time to kind of go into these technical details and these tactics and this outreach and creating content. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the one thing that they can do tomorrow to plant the seeds for long-term results? You know, Gavin, I wish I could tell you guys one key to success and then you do it and you'll be a billionaire, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not a billionaire myself, unfortunately, so I can't <laughs> <laughs> come up with one thing. Yeah. So yeah. one thing I would tell you to know is that SEO is a puzzle and you need to, it's a machine. You need to have all the pieces together for it to work. So if it's not high at the top of your priority list, I highly advise against touching it because likely you're going to get zero results if you're not putting all the pieces mm-hmm. together. Now, if you're a founder with limited funds, okay, that's very important. It doesn't matter in SEO. Let me let me say this very clearly. Doesn't matter. The entire process that I just explained to you sounds very daunting, sounds a lot of work, but it doesn't matter how much resources you have. Because guess what you can do? Change the frequency. If you don't have the resources for it, stop producing so much damn content. I think we can all agree, if you are a solo founder, you can produce one blog post a month. One a month. Anybody can do it. Spend the rest of that time, rest of that month, promoting that one piece of content. Treat each blog post as a project. All right? Now, if you don't have the resources, stop producing so much content. But what matters at the end of the day that's going to make or break your campaign is in terms of how, how you allocate that resource. At Visme and Respond up to this day, we're both bootstrap companies. Visme never raised any outside funding, 14 million users now, close to 100 employees, fully profitable. Respond close to 10 team members, self-funded. And the way we've done this from day one is spending 20% of our marketing resources on content creation, the other 80% goes into promotion and link building. And no mm-hmm. matter how many, how much resources you have, if you allocate that way, you're poising yourself for success. Now, 
Are you going to be successful? Only God knows. But you're at least going to have the highest probability. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant advice. <laughs> Looking back at Sendable, you know, we, we produced a lot of content in the early days. I think like three pieces a week at one point. And the, our, our team was so busy that they had no time to even promote that content. It was just like churning out the content, not seeing any results. <laughs> so now I think the cadence is like once every two weeks, once a month, I think, from what I've seen. But there's a lot more like link, uh, linking to other websites, linking to influencers, trying to get that content amplified, which actually brought the most results for us you know, in SEO. But the one thing I did at Sendable, which is similar to your strategy of kind of reaching out to people, giving affiliate links, uh, getting you pushed up. So I would, I would reach out to authors of, of listicles. So like the top 20 social media tools. Mm-hmm. And then I'd send them like number 10, maybe. And I get them to push us right to the top in exchange for sort of commission, right. um, affiliate commission. That's right. That really pushed us up because we were getting those links back from these high ranking bloggers. Absolutely. So I guess using that along with your other sort of strategies is, is amazing. Um, it's yeah. really uh, brilliant advice. Where can people find you online if they want to reach out to you for SEO advice in future? Are you on LinkedIn or Twitter? Where, where's the best place? Of course, yes. Um, my, well, my name is Farzad Rashidi. There's not a whole lot of them out in the world. So I stick out <laughs> like a sore thumb always. So you, you, yes, you're more than welcome to find me on LinkedIn. Um, and I'm pretty easy to spot. I'm always happy to connect with folks. But best way really is to learn more. I would say respond to the website. We put out quite a lot of really good guides. Just also started a YouTube channel. Don't go and just straight up sign up and start spending your money. I would always recommend you to educate yourself first and start doing things manually. And at a certain point, you're going to be like, okay, well, I don't have time to do this every day. Now I need a way to scale things and, and be able to save time. And that's when Responda comes into play. And now we start at $99 a month. That's, uh, that's a no brainer. But before that, you're like, oh, that's going to stink. Uh, you know, uh, as an entrepreneur that's just running out. So that's, that's where I would leave it as. Awesome. Thanks so much, Prasad. Cheers. Anytime. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you.